This morning, uh, the title of my message will be Our Community in Fellowship. Let me just read from you from the, my, my key text, which is found in uh, Acts chapter 2, verse 42, 41 to 42, and 46 to 47. This is uh, on the day of Pentecost. This was the first sermon of uh, Peter. The first sermon where the power of the Holy Spirit has come upon the church that is born on Pentecost. So then those who have received His word were baptized. And that day there were added about 3,000 souls. They were continually devoting themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Then uh, from verse 46 onwards, day by day, continuing with one mind in the temple and breaking bread from house to house, they were taking their meals together with gladness and sincerity of heart, praising God and having favour with all the people. And the Lord was adding to their number day by day those who were being saved. This just few verses is so important because it actually summarizes what happens when the Spirit of God builds His church. What happens when the Spirit of God inhabits His church? What happens when the Spirit of God is powering up His church, God's community? So many things happen here. The Word of God. And that's what we are doing right now. And after the service, under Equip, many of you have signed up for the Word of God. On last Friday, many of you have come for seeding. The cells have met for seeding. So this is what happens in the community of God. This is what happens naturally because this is what the Spirit will push us to do to, in the Word of God. is the, the very core of why we are here. The other thing that happens is fellowship. And uh, today I will be speaking a little bit more about fellowship because I think the word fellowship has been misused, has been abused, has been, uh, made, has been watered down and been diluted so much that we forget the power of fellowship. We do not understand the way that God has intended fellowship to be in His church. And then we also have the breaking of bread, which includes, usually includes two things, the Holy Communion, the Lord's Supper, and the Love Feast. That means when believers come together, they always, uh, they always, there's, there's this sacrament, there is this act that they do together and which we do as glad tidings once a month, which is the Holy Communion, the Lord's Supper. And not only that, after that, they have meals together and uh, many times it is called love feasts because these are the people of God. These are the people who love God and love one another. And what happens when they, when they, when they do that is also there is the prayer that is lifted up. We see that the early church was a very prayerful church. And this is what the Holy Spirit does when He comes upon His church, when He builds His church you have all these important elements. And then from verse 46, we have day by day, continuing in one mind in the temple. It says that they were gathered together 
in the temple because they were still very much a part of the Jewish temple. So towards the later part, when the persecution begins to start, then there was a separation from them from the temple and they began to be more established in the church. They began to meet from house to house and that's what happened here. Breaking bread from house to house. Just like we have our cell groups from house to house. And then they were taking their meals together with gladness and sincerity of heart. Do you know that when the Spirit of God came upon the church, this is the post-Pentecostal church. This is a new church. This is the new covenant church. What happens when the people of God gather together? Not just in the home, but every time we gather together for fellowship. Every time we get together for the, the Lord's Supper. Every time we get together for worship, for prayer. What happens? Even the food that we eat together tastes even better. Can we say amen to that? That's what happens. And we pray that uh, this coming 31st of August, when we have our charity bazaar, when the community that is spirit-filled by God comes together to begin to bless the community, to begin to bless our orphanage home, and to begin to bless the pre-believers that are coming for our charity bazaar, do you know what happens? The food will taste even better because it is cooked with love. I think there's a, there's a lot of difference when uh, mother's cooking, your wife's cooking, then eating from outside stalls because it is cooked with love. It is cooked with prayer. You know, I, I know a lot, I, I know there, there are some people who cook with prayer. And sometimes, I don't tell uh, my wife this, but when, I, when she's not around, I try to cook something. And uh, when I cook something, I know I'm the only one who can eat because nobody else can eat what I cook. So that's why I pray a lot because I need to eat myself. But do you know, when you cook, and you pray is actually giving thanks to God. And so, when brothers and sisters, we come together, and when we cook for a good purpose, when we come and do the will of God, do you know what happens? There is a joy of eating together. It is not, there's no competition. It's my food is better than your food. My stall is better than your stall. My cell is better than your cell. My cell has better cooks than your cook. No. It is not because of that. It is because we are doing it by the Spirit of God. We are doing it because of the love of God that is in, within us. And then we have, finally, and having favour with all the people after we worship God because we give thanks because of the Spirit of God. What happens? The Spirit of God will always cause us to lift our eyes to the Lord. And do you know what happens when you and I walk in love? You know what happens when you and I live in love? You know what happens when you and I are united together as the community, coming together in fellowship in the way that God wants us? There is forgiveness, there is grace, there is love. Do you know what happens? You and I, our church, our community, our cell, our ministry, we will find favour with outsiders. And that is what we want to do. That is what happens in the ministry, in the sports ministry. When we come together for a purpose of beginning to connect with the community, this is what happens. We begin to find favour with the community. I will talk about that in a little bit, a little bit more. Do you know this is a, such a powerful verse when we talk about community in fellowship. And that is what a church 
every church should come back every year, come back to this scripture again and say, are we, is this happening in ourselves? Is this happening in our church? Is this happening in our community? Because if all these things is happening, do you know the last part will happen naturally? What is the last part? And the Lord was adding to their number day by day those who were being saved. We don't have to actively, we don't have to purposefully go and try to say, win souls, win souls, win souls. I know for cell leaders and zone leaders and associate cell leaders, your zone pastors have given you uh, encouragement and some of you have been given targets. Win souls, remind ourselves. But I tell you, brothers and sisters, when we are filled with the Spirit daily, when we continue to obey the Lord, when we know the promises of God, when we allow the Spirit of God begin to help us to walk in prayer, walk in, in fellowship, begin to praise the Lord, do you know what will happen naturally? We will find favour with outsiders. We will find favour with our relatives. We will find favour with our colleagues, our neighbours. They will see there's something so amazing about this community. A few things that we just want to remind ourselves again. When the Word of God speaks about fellowship, it's talking about a Christian community, a church community doing life together. It is the communal life. It is the common life. It is the shared life that we have together. It is not being doing things individually by ourselves. And this is what it differentiates the church, the community of God from all other associations, from all other societies, from all other groups outside of the church. Let's be reminded again of the vision of our church, Glad Tidings. It is to love God and to touch lives. When we love God by knowing His Word, when we know God by knowing the inheritance that we have in Christ Jesus, when we know God, that God has created us to belong to His community, to belong to His church, what will happen is that we will continue to touch many lives. And our mission is how we, we love God and touch lives is we will continue to win souls. And that's what happened in the early church. Naturally, people will be drawn to the community. People will be drawn to you and I. And then we begin to build people. And that's what happens when we disciple people. We take people through the journey guide. We take people through seeding. We take people through the equipped classes. This is what happens. is We begin to build people up to be disciples of our Lord Jesus Christ. And this is what we are doing even in this year. We want to continue to impact community. This must come naturally. We don't have to, whenever we are walking with the Lord, whenever we have the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, whenever we have the love of God in us and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit, it will always lead us out. It will always cause us to be outward looking. It will cause us to be other centered and we will want to touch many, many lives and we want to share what we have with others. And of course, rich nations. We thank the Lord for the many mission teams that has gone out 
and have come back. I think the Myanmar team just came back. Praise God for, I heard, very powerful testimony of what God has done. Even yesterday, uh, one of our cells went to Para in Orang Asli ministry. 20 of them went out and I believe that the Lord, they have such powerful testimonies. And I know that the other zones, some of them are also going out to the Orang Asli ministry. And all of you are doing different things for the Lord. And some of you are, will be going for these coming uh, mission trips that will be uh, along the way before the end of the year. The theme, again, for this year is Unstoppable Love. And even as we focus, begin to focus on the community, we have to start with our community first. Just now, the scripture... The scripture that I've read just now as the main text, Acts chapter 2, verse 41, 42, and 46, 47, answers the question, why are we here? Why do we come together? Why do we congregate together? Why do we meet together as a church? Because this is a natural part when the Holy Spirit is upon His church. When the Holy Spirit is leading the church of Christ, we will come together as a community. Why do we need to, to come together? What happens in God's community? The things that we mentioned just now, talking about the apostles' teaching, talking about fellowship, talking about the Holy Communion, talking about the love feast, talking about praise and worship, talking about uh, sharing a meal together, and talking about praising and worshipping, just like the, the powerful time of worship that Pastor uh, Raymond and the team have led us to just now. And once a month, we also have the breaking of the bread. How relevant is fellowship for us today? Fellowship is a, such a powerful word. And I think that uh, somewhere along the way, we have used the word fellowship very carelessly. Because many people think that we just have a fellowship. Sometimes Sarah says, let's go for fellowship. Let's just have fellowship. But do we understand what does the Bible say? What happens in the church of Acts when it speaks about fellowship? The word comes from koinonia. Not nyonya kue, eh? not kue nyonya, nyonya kue, but since it's easy for us to remember about fellowship, maybe we think about kue nyonya, we will think about kue nonya. And the definition is participation in. That means what happens is that when you and I are saved, when you and I have been delivered from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of His Son, what happens? We are incorporated into the body of Christ. We become a people of God. We come, become into the family of God. We become the church of God. And there is a communion. The communion comes from two words. Come from communion. Coming together. Uniting together with a common purpose. And sharing. There is a shared life where we share in the suffering of Christ. In Philippians 3.10 says, we share in the suffering of Christ. That means because we are living in a broken world, as Christians, we are prepared to face persecution. We are prepared to face opposition. We know that the enemy will come against us because we are on the side of Christ, the side of light. And there is a contribution. We are givers. One of the things that happens in the fellowship of Christians, the fellowship of God's people, they're so different everywhere else, 
is that in our giving, the church of Jesus Christ is the best giver ever. We give because we have a good role model, our Lord Jesus Christ. And we give because the Holy Spirit is the one who will put in that love of God in us to see the needs that are all around us. We thank the Lord for glad tidings. We thank the Lord for the members who have given faithfully for the work of the ministry, for missions, for social work that we are doing in the area of building God's church, building God's people. In the Greek, the word koinonia actually is so rich that it covers three it is interpreted in three different English words. I know the word that we all know is fellowship. And that's what we read just now in the, in the original text 2, verse 42 in verse X. Uh, the book of X. Fellowship, koinonia means a dynamic relationship among believers. And that's what happens when the believers of God come together. There is such a union. There is such a common Shared life that we come together praising and praying and giving and loving. And then in Philippians 3, verse 10, Paul speaks about sharing in his suffering, the koinonia in his suffering. That means as part of the church of Jesus Christ, this is something that we cannot avoid. This is something that we cannot run away if we follow Jesus, Jesus says, if you follow me, if you are my disciple, you too will suffer. You too will face trials. You too will face tribulation. But this is actually a privilege. Paul says, it is a privilege for him to suffer for Christ. To die even for Christ. And then the other English translation that comes from the word koinonia is found in 2 Corinthians chapter 9. It says that the contribution, the generosity in the community. So in that sense, we have the fullness of the translation which, which says that fellowship is just not coming together just to have a cup of coffee and tea, just to have a chat. But fellowship is the common life. We come for the will of God, to say what is the will of God when we come together? How do we glorify God when we come together? How do we please God when we come together as the body of Christ? That is true fellowship. Yes, eating is one of those things that we do as part of fellowship. But eating is not the only thing we do. Talking about World Cup, talking about anything about the government, talking about what's happening right now is just a little of what you do. The most important thing, the, the essential word of fellowship here is that we are participating together. We are co-participants in the life of Christ, in the life of the church of Jesus Christ. That means we care for one another. That's why when we come together, the Word of God says we spur one another to love and good works. It's not just to talk about other church members. It's not to talk about the pastors. It's not to talk about the other church. It is coming together and beginning to share and say, what is God doing? What is God speaking into our life? How has God ministered to us? And it's also remembering that as a church, we share something that is common that there are times we have to go through trials. At times we have to go through tribulation. At times we have to go through pain. But do you know 
that God uses pain and trials and temptations to shape His community, to make us more like His Son, Jesus. So when we say follow Jesus as disciples, it's not just follow only the good things. Many times we say, I want to perform signs and wonders. We want to pray for people to receive healing. We want to pray for souls to be saved. But brothers and sisters, there's another aspect of following Christ that sometimes we, we choose to ignore and that is to suffer for Christ. So before we grumble, before we complain, let's just begin to be reminded by the Spirit of God again that suffering is part and parcel of God's purifying, God's sanctifying work that God is doing. Just like gold being put into the fire, that is what God wants us to be when God allows pain and suffering and challenges and sometimes persecution from our, from our own family members. Some of you may be experiencing that. Persecution from your own family members. But do you know that this is transforming you? This is shaping you. God is putting you through the fire so that our goal will shine for the Lord Jesus Christ. And then the other aspect is generosity in the community. You know that uh, during our interchurch sports carnival which is happening right now, uh, yesterday we had the badminton uh, then, uh, and also the futsal that is happening. Then we had netball the previous week. And uh, today itself we have the captain ball uh, and chess that we're playing, uh, I think here in our hall in MPA uh, this afternoon. A lot of things are happening today. Huh? A lot of finals, a lot of matches are happening today. But you know, one of the things that uh, some of the church, other church members from the other churches say is that, wow, your church glad tidings is so blessed. You have such wonderful facilities. And do you know, one of the things that I always say is that praise God for God's people. They see, they catch the vision that we are here to bless the community. We are here to be a transformed community, to a waiting and watching community that wants to know what is the church here. Somebody is, was asking the question, if glad tidings were to leave section 13 stroke 4, Will it make a difference if... Will anybody notice we have left this place? And this is a test of us as a community of Christ. Are we relevant to the community? Are we relevant to people? Are we relevant in our workplace? Are we relevant in our home? Are we relevant as a church? I will say yes. I will dare to say yes. We will make a difference. Because of the things that we do as a church, as a community. We have the food bank here. That many people come. Almost 200 families every month are receiving help for their families. The very, very poor families. People coming for healing rooms. People coming for the evergreen senior adults are so blessed. People coming to Glad Shop to even sponsor, to bless the, the Juara home and also at the same time get something. People coming to our EML cafe to have food, and the EML, uh, people who run the EML are also Christians. Of course, uh, although they are not from our church. And we have the various ministries that are going on. We have uh, our orphanage home in uh, Puchong and in uh, uh, PJ. We have our elderly home. We have our life, uh, life care, our drug rehab centre. We have our mighty kids, our kindergarten in Subang. 
I know I'm going to miss out something, but don't be offended if I miss out some, some of you. But this is what I can remember right now. But look at what the impact that we are making in the mission fields. Look at the impact that we are making in the mission field. The things that we have, you have given so that when we go to the mission fields, we can begin to start and plant churches, begin to support Bible school students, begin to support new churches and new works, begin to help them to find a land. And in, 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 uh, in the nation of Bangladesh, I, I think I've shared this before. What a difference giving some money to the pastors to buy a bicycle or to buy a motorcycle. They say that that makes a lot of difference. Thank you, glad tidings. Because if not, we will have to walk. If not, we have to take a bus. If not, we have to ride on a cart in order to reach villages. And this is the testimony that we have because of your generosity of your giving. And we cannot do it if we are not a church, if we are not a community who in fellowship gives. I think you all should give yourself a clap for being Faithful to the Lord. You know that uh, there is a school, there's a Tamil school, uh, Vivekananda, uh, in an uh, off-federal highway, that the church also helps 50 of the poorest students for a meal. For a meal. We, 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 we work somehow with our YB Rajiv, and uh, we say that there is a need there. And uh, every month, we will say that because of this uh, group of students, uh, primary students, they have to stay back. And they stay back. Many of them come from very, very poor families. And we say that if we can just provide a simple lunch, just a $4 lunch for each one of them, they will help them to carry on to finish the class. And then now we say that they want also transport to go back because the, the original uh, bus caller won't come back again to pick them up because this is extra work for them. And they wanted extra money. So when they, when they approach us, we say, sure. This is one of the ways that we can be a blessing to the community. And you know what happens from this connection with this school? We, they are also now on, in our food bank list. And do you know what happens also after that? That the Tamil church is following up with some of the families there who are poor. And what happens after that? We know that some of them have come to our church service and some of them have accepted the Lord. Let's give glory to God. That is what we are doing as a church. We are making a difference. So I would answer the question, yes, if glad tidings is not around, a lot of things cannot be done. A lot of people will miss us. We pray they will miss us in a good way and not miss us in a bad way. So the nature of koinonia means an interactive relationship between God and believers who are sharing the new life through Christ. Involves active participation in the Christian community, sharing in the spiritual blessing and giving material blessing. John the Apostle, the Apostle of Love, says this, that koinonia describes what connects us to God and to each other through Christ. If we have fellowship with God the Father and His Son Jesus Christ, naturally, we will have fellowship with one another. And so fellowship 
is such a powerful word. It's such an important word. It's not just about eating. It's not just about meeting and talking. Fellowship is about a relationship, a spiritual relationship because we are a spiritual community. So the essential element of koinonia is participation. Christ is what connects us. The focus is always on what believers have in common. Fellowship should focus on what we have in common. That is the new life in Christ Jesus. This is the post-Pentecostal life that when the Spirit of God comes upon the community of God, something powerful, something energetic, something dynamic, something transforming happens in God's community. We have the word fellowship here. It's a word that I always picture as each one of us, we are fellows in one ship. And that is what it means by fellowship. We are brought together. What is the commonality? We have only one captain, one pilot of the ship, and his name is Jesus. And that's the only way we can get into that ship. It is when we say yes to Jesus. We say no to sin. We turn around. And that's why we are a community of those who are repentant. And so we are, whether we like it or not, we have to adjust with one another. There is no lower deck, there is no upper deck, like the cruise ship. So we have to face each other. And there will be conflicts when we come together as the body of Christ. This is taken. This is for sure. And that is why the Word of God says, as iron sharpens iron, a man will also sharpen another man. That's why we are together. We don't give up on each other. One of the important things that we have to understand about the reason why the Holy Spirit has put us in a community, why we just have to come together, why we cannot stay at home and do online church because of this element. It is a face-to-face. It is a personal interaction. It is a one giving to each other, talking to each other, praying for one another, encouraging one another, exalting one another. This cannot be done online. And it is an accountability when we come together as the body of Christ. Because when we are online sitting in our living room, watching church, doing church from a living room, there is no accountability. There is no obedience. Who will hold us accountable to obeying the Word of God? Who will hold us accountable to giving to the Word of God? So the reason why the Holy Spirit places within an amazing, transforming, dynamic community is because that we will always have been made for community. The Trinity means that God Himself is in community. Then God says, let us make man in our own image according to our likeness. And the word here, let us, already speaks about a plurality. Within the Godhead, within the one Godhead, there are three persons. And before the creation of the world, before we came into the scene, before humankind came, creation being, God was already in a community. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. God is a being in relationship. 
And because you and I are made in the image and the likeness of God, that's why we hunger for relationship and love because that hunger is planted within us, whether it is husband and wife or friends or parents and child or brothers and sisters. All these are the reality that God has created. We are hardwired. All of us, when God created each one of us, when God created even animals, there was always that male and female. Even for us, in a human community, there is a relationship imitating God. God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him male and female. He created them. So even within the family, we have a family community. Between the husband and wife, when God created the first couple, Adam and Eve, God started a community to model to imitate what the, already the community was within the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And within this community, there is a core ethic. The supreme ethic is love. How do we behave with one another within this community? The core, if we love, all other commands of God will be fulfilled. That's why Jesus says, love God with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your soul, with all your strength and love your neighbour as yourself and you fulfil all the Ten Commandments. All the commandments of God is summarised in there. So in this agape love, we, I, I think we have heard this many times but sometimes it's good to remind ourselves again. This divine love in the divine community of God, in the spiritual community of God is seeing other people with high value, esteeming the other person as much as we esteem ourselves. It is an unconditional, it is self-sacrificing love, it is other-centered and this is the mark of a disciple. And so brothers and sisters, the reason why we are still relevant as a church, the reason why we must continue to make a difference as the people of God coming together and as the people of God impacting those who are outside is because we, are, we all are looking for community. We all want to be loved, to love and to be needed. But if community is so important, why is community so difficult? And the Bible says it's because of sin. It's because we are a broken community. Before Christ, we are a broken community community. The problem is our inherent selfishness is evidence of what Christ calls sin. The Bible often talks about sin in terms of unbelief, not just breaking God's law, but in fact rebelling against what God wants us to do. Ignoring what God, unbelief is not taking God at His word, not believing His promises and not trusting in His goodness. We are redeemed for community. The redeemed community is a repentant community that realizes our need for a saviour. Each one of us are here today. Even my fellow visitor who is here today, I, be, I believe that all of us here are drawn together. We have a common purpose. All of us, we know 
that we are in need of a Saviour and we have turned to the Saviour. We have repented. We have walked away from our old life and now we have given our lives to the Lord. And you know what happens when we have given our life to the Lord? The Holy Spirit will plant us into the community of God. And in this community, there is rules, there is guidelines, there is a code of conduct, there is ethics, there is morality that we have to follow according to the Word of God. What did Jesus redeem us from? He redeemed us from sin and all its effect. And what did He re redeem us for? It is for a life that images God and reflects His goodness to the world. One of the chief things that Jesus accomplishes when He redeems us is to restore our capacity for community. This is something very important that we were not created to be by ourselves. We were not saved to be by ourselves, but we were saved to belong to the body of Christ, to belong to the family of God, to belong to God's community. Never to be independent, never to be individualistic, never to be solo or silo in whatever that we do. All of us have got issues some of us have come from different churches. I've only come from one other church in Penang. This is my second church. The only church here in PJ, Klang Valley, before I came. Did I have problems with pastors, with members? Yes, I had problems previously. But I thank the Lord that I did not give up on God's church because it's not about me. It's about God using His community to shape us. God using His community to build us. One thing that happened in my previous church was there was a church split. And some people were stumbled, some people were offended, some people were angry. Well, I've never seen people when I was a very young believer, I saw, you know, leaders fighting with leaders in the church. Was I stumbled? Was I offended? Was I hurt? Yes. But I thank the Lord that I never give up on God's church. Brothers and sisters, you and I are going to find imperfect people in the church. Imperfect pastors. Work in progress. But we thank God that we are always becoming better. Amen? We are not what we were last year or last month. But God is transforming us. So there is no perfect church. Whichever church that we go to, some people say, maybe if I go there, there will not be such problem. Maybe I go there, the worship will be different. Maybe I go there, the word will be different. But let me assure you, brother, there will be still be people there. Wherever we have people, this is where the problem comes. So instead of running away from people and God's community, we should accept and embrace that that is how God wants us to be disciple. That's how God wants us to be mentored. That's how God wants us to grow in grace, grow in love and grow in fellowship. So don't go to church for the people. Oh, yeah, I don't want to go to church because of that people, those, those people. Go to church because you love God. Then God will teach you how to love people. Can you say amen to that? Turn our focus from people and begin to look, I'm going to church because I'm here to please God. I'm here to glorify God. 
Sometimes they may be sing songs that we may not like so much. Or they may be say things from the pulpit that we may not like. But this is we begin to check ourselves is what is the Spirit of God telling me? Not start to complain and grumble, but begin to say, Lord, what are you speaking to me? What are you teaching me? Is there a lesson that I'm learning here? Building and enjoying a healthy community is going to require us to believe the gospel, to believe that what Jesus did for us has the power and relevance for the way we relate to God and others. Do you know that we all can be saints? When you talk about saints, we all can be very spiritual and very holy in isolation. Isolation means if we keep to ourselves, huh? if we say that, huh? I want to start my own church from my house so that I won't have problem with people. That will happen because you are isolating yourself. And one of the things that you miss out is you will miss out on your own weakness. You miss out on growing. You miss out on being a disciple. You miss out on giving. You miss out on going. You miss out on the vision that God has for us. It is in the community that our real weaknesses, flaws and sins are exposed. That's why community is exceptional, not optional for transformation. These three things are important. What is God doing in your life and my life as the people of God? He is purifying us, sanctifying us, making more, us more and more like Christ. Just like the, the Word of God in Romans says, God is conforming us to His Son, Jesus Christ. And how does He do it? By the Holy Spirit. The same Holy Spirit that came upon the church is the same Holy Spirit that is upon each one of us in our church right now. And He is that agent of sanctification. And so we must allow the Spirit of God to speak to us, to correct us, to convict us, to rebuke us, regardless of how long we have been a Christian. And what is the tool that the Spirit uses? He uses the Word of God. So if we need, want to know what is God's standard, what is God's heart, we have to know the Word of God. And that's why the seeding, may I encourage you, encourage you to come for the equipped classes. We thank the Lord for Pastor Sunita. We just want to affirm her being uh, the one who is our equipped pastor. We know that she's holding, she's managing, she's arranging, she's leading our, our, our equipment. Let's, let's, let's give this wonderful woman and acknowledge that it's not easy to come up together with Pastor Vincent to talk about how do we equip, how do we disciple people because we know that we cannot stop growing. We must continue to grow. There's no such thing as being stagnant. We will always backslide. If we don't move forward, we will always backslide. And that's why it's so important to continue to come. You know, uh, Pastor Sunita has always been working, working, which course to start, which lecturer to, to, to bring, you know, when to do it, you know. So all this is what the Word of God says is so important. We come together, early church comes together, continually devoted to the apostles' teaching, to the teaching of God. We need this. This is the way that God is sanctifying us, making us more and more like Jesus. So may I ask, encourage you, if you are not signed up, please sign up for the equip after the service between 10.15 to 11. Just 45 minutes for the classes. You can just drop by and think you give them a good problem. They will, come, they will get the notes. Don't worry about that. 
And the context of sanctification, where does God do, where does He do the best form of sanctifying us? Not by ourselves, but in the community. That's why it's so important for us to belong to a cell, to belong to a church. Because in the community, there is where the Holy Spirit will begin to shape us. In the context where there will be iron sharpening iron, we encourage one another, we exalt one another, we correct one another, we help one another, we spur one another, we inspire one another, we encourage one another. Discipleship works best in God's spiritual community. Just now we read from the account of X. If you look at all the accounts here, there is always one another together. And this is also affirmed in Paul's writing in Peter and especially in our Lord Jesus Christ that this is what we are called to do, uh, one another. We are called to be connected to one another. We are called to love one another. We are called to outdo one another. We are called to comfort one another. We are called to serve one another. We are called to be kind to one another, forgiving one another. And Jesus says, love one another as I have loved you. By this they will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. So in the community of Jesus Christ, in the community of the Spirit, in the new covenant community that which you and I belong to, the Spirit of God will naturally lead us to one another. We don't have to agree with each other all the time. We can have our own difference, but we try to get along. We'll be gracious to one another. We love one another. We'll be generous to one another. So, unity not conformity. We don't want to look like one another. That is not what the Spirit of God is coming. Hey, all of you must look the same. Hey, you're from glad tidings. Uh. Hey, you all must look alike like glad tidings. No. That's what God is not doing there. God says, we look like Christ. But we bring our different giftings, our diverse variety that we bring into God's house. And that's why we can do more together as the people of God. Paul says in the body analogy in 1 Corinthians 12 that we need one another. Some will be the ears, some will be the mouth, some will be the, the hand, some will be the toes, but we need one another. Every part is important to form the body of Christ. So community is the laboratory for the gospel transforming power. And community is also the primary context for missions. Our outward focus as believers. I will end with this. Not only are we here to fellowship, not only are we here to pray together, not only are we here to break bread together, not only are we here to praise the Lord together, but we are here to impact the community for Jesus Christ. And that's what's happening for our charity bazaar this coming 31st August. We want to impact the community. That's what happens when we go for missions, whether it's local missions or foreign missions. That's what happens when we, are in, in, our, in our various uh, ministries that we are doing, we want to impact community. In, even in the sports ministry, in, in, in Tamansi, we have a community football. 
where we are impacting the non-Christians, coming to learn about Christian values and uh, subtly, not intentionally. And we see we have impacted lives in different, different forms. So in the, very quickly, in the, in, 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 uh, in the story in Mark chapter 2, this story is so familiar, but this is a very powerful illustration of community. How when the community comes together, we can do so much. We can touch lives. We know about the paralytic man who was carried by his four friends. And when he went to the home where Jesus was in Capernaum, they couldn't go in the front door. And so, God gave them the, the, the faith to trust that Jesus is going to heal their friend. So they found a way up on the roof. They have a roof-crashing ministry. They broke the roof. They lowered him down. And when Jesus saw the, the friends and they saw the man lowering down, he looked at them and says, Wow! Saw their great faith in him. Four men, four in the community brought one who needed Jesus. And we know what happens. God says, your sins are forgiven. Then after that, He says, pick up your mat or pick up your bed. Rise up, pick up your bed and go home because of the faith of that community of four of them with their friend who was a paralyzed. Do you know that in life, each one of us, we also have a mat. We have our imperfections. We have our weaknesses. We have our sins. Do you know what happens when we bring it to the Lord Jesus Christ? God will touch us. God will redeem us. God will forgive us. Uh, we thank the Lord for the four friends. The paralyzed man had four friends. Someone brought us to the Lord Jesus Christ. It could be four, less than four people have been praying for us. We thank the Lord for the community of God. Many of us have brought people to the church, to the cell group, and they have accepted the Lord. Because we took the effort, we trusted in God. We as the community of God must bring Christ to people and bring people to Christ and let God do what God will do. And God will say, take up your mat and that's what happens in each of our own life. God has removed our mat from our life and set us free. And so now we are the community who have been transformed and healed it's time for us to bring others in. We are the four friends church that God is looking for. Go out and begin to bring other people. Begin to impact people. Because we are made for community. Three things I leave with you this morning. We all have a man. And somewhere out there, your friend, your colleague, your relative... They are on their mat right now, waiting for hope, looking for hope, looking for Jesus. Who will come? Which four friends will come? Let us be one of the four friends who says, come. Jesus loves you. Turn to Jesus. Give Jesus a chance. Look what Jesus has done in our lives. Give Jesus a chance. Let me bring you to Him. Let me share to you about Him. That is the power of community. We can do that. You know, for one soul that comes to the Lord, 
There could be at least seven people that have ministered to the person before the person comes to the Lord Jesus Christ. Seven friends. You can be one of them. We can be one of them because we have the resources. Thank God for glad tidings. We are 3,000 over people in the Chinese, in the Tamil, in the Bahasa, in the English. Look at the impact that we, we, we pull our resources when we are generous in our giving, when we are obedient to the Word of God. Look at the impact that we can make in the schools, Viva Kananda, in the homes, in the orphanages, in the drug rehab centre, in the healing rooms, in glad shop, and in, in the sports ministry, in the community, what we can make a difference when we say, I'm willing to go so that others will come and join our community. Our community is not exclusively just for us. It is for all those who are outside looking for the four friends to bring them into the house of God. Bring them into the community of God where Jesus is Lord. Where Jesus will heal and Jesus will touch. I know some of you are preparing to go for your classes this morning. I pray that every class that you go, as you sit at the feet of the Lord Jesus Christ and hear the Word of God, may there always be a challenge, a conviction that we are created to be that four friends. We are created to be part of God's community and that we can make a difference as a community. That glad tidings will be missed if we are not around because we are making a difference wherever God has placed us. As a family, as a cell, as individuals in the marketplace, people will miss us. It's what has happened to that brother? What's happened to the sister? He's always so nice, so kind, so loving, so generous, so hardworking. What's happened to that cell group that meets there? They're always so happy. They're always so cheerful. They're always saying hi. They're always inviting us to their place. What's happened to Glad Tidings, the church here? They've, they've opened so many outlets for us to enjoy and to be blessed. They've helped so many people. Can I just invite us to stand even as I pray for a blessing for each one of us? We just want you to ensure that you go to your classes early. After, if some of you want, want to come up for prayer, you may do it. But let me say a prayer for each one of us. Can I just ask to do one thing? Just will take less than one minute. All across the aisles, can we just hold hands as a sign that we are the community of God? That we are linked together. There is a common life and there is Christ that is linked with us. Let's just do it as an important symbolic act that as a community of God, we are powerful. As a community of God, we can make a difference. As a community of God, we are one people with one spirit and one law. And that we belong to each other and we belong to God. And so powerful to belong. There are no orphans here in God's house, but there are family. Father, we just want to thank you for taking away our mats for giving us of our sins and disregarding our imperfection and our weaknesses and still chose us to be the good friend 
and to belong to your community is a spiritual community where the Holy Spirit is Lord over this place. The Holy Spirit is the one that will drive us and move us towards love, towards grace, towards forgiveness, towards unity, and towards good works. The, Holy, the same Holy Spirit will send us out to the mission field, send us out to the community to touch lives. So Father, we just want to acknowledge that we are one. We are your people. We are your community. We are the new covenant community with the power of the Holy Spirit at work within us. The Word of God says that we are the temple of God. That God will use us to bring the sense of the fear of God. Holiness, righteousness, justice, love to impact others, to impact our nation, our workplace, our families because we are one. And the Word of God says two is better than one. A threefold cord is not easily broken. We are more than threefold. We are 3,000 over people and we will be strong in the law. We will make a difference because of what Jesus has done in and continue to do in and through our lives. Holy Spirit, come afresh upon us, Lord, and send us out to be that four friends, to bring others in, to know Jesus, to experience healing and breakthrough and life, Lord. We praise you. We give you thanks. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.